The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Welcome into the program this morning. And today we are looking at your eyes. The eye doctor is with us. He's going to make you see better as well as look younger. That's a pretty good uh, combination there. See better and look younger. Craig, good morning to you. Yeah, I'm hoping that if you see me better, I will look younger. Uh, well, what can you do to help us out? <laughs> doesn't always work that way. You know, sometimes I'll have... Uh, these are funny stories, you know, passing patients, uh, post-op cataract surgery. But, I, I'll, you know, I probably had several of this elk, but uh, they'll come in and, uh, you know, their sister will bring them in or something. And it's uh, post-op day one or two, and they're mad at me. They're mad at me. Well, what's, what's the reason? <laughs> you, you know, Bart... Um, I look at their chart, you know, you know how the doctor always turns away from you when you first say hello, and then he looks at your chart while you're talking to him, and uh, I look, and gosh, she's seeing like 20-20, she's seeing really well, and um, well, I just tell she's not happy, and you know, my Texans told me, you know, she sees well, but she's not happy. I say, you know, hello, miss, how you doing? How have you done such surgery? Been using your eye drops, all that. And she'll say, yes, Dr. McCabe, but I am upset by one thing. And I'll say, well, well tell me, because it looks like you're seeing quite well. What's, what's the problem? She says, well, during the surgery, you know, I, I didn't have all these wrinkles on my face that I've got now. <laughs> and they're serious. <laughs> yeah, and they're they serious. And I said, well, who brought you today? And she said, oh, it's, it's uh, my sister brought me, you know. And uh, so I'll say, you know what, let me go out here and get her for just a minute, bring her in here. And I'll go out and I'll bring her in, and she'll sit down in the chair next to me there. And I'll say, you know, um, your sister here had surgery. Her surgery went very well, but she's not happy today. And and, and I'm hoping you can help me figure this out. And she says, well, yeah, she was seeing the leaves and everything. And when I was driving her in, she's so ha happy about that. And I said, well, tell her what you told me. And she says, well, you know, I didn't have these wrinkles before Dr. McCabe did this surgery. And I, I want this face. And she'll, the sister will say, oh, Margaret, you're being so silly. You've had these wrinkles for years. You've just been too blind to see them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that's a true story. And, uh, you know, there's others like that. And uh, it's just kind of funny. But they don't believe me. They think I gave wrinkles or something. And I bring their sister. And then, as oh, sisters boy. will do, they'll set her straight right yeah. away. <laughs> well, the amazing thing is you can now fix those wrinkles <laughs> yeah that's right boy are you good at segues or what yeah so uh we have a full cosmetic line you know we we have a few you know goals or thrusts at mccabe vision center one of them is that you see as well as you possibly can with our ultimate goal being 
that you can see well without glasses for most of your day for most things that you do so that's one of them the second one is if you have a disease like uh, glaucoma that requires numerous eye drops and things like that that we use one of the uh, new um, medication inserts so that you keep your pressure down your glaucoma treated well without having to use any eye drops and then the third one is that <clears throat> you feel good about yourself and the way you look and uh, it, it, it really has many ramifications you know like ripples in a pond and that is that when you feel better about the way you look then you act a little happier your personality is a little happier and more fun you have a little bit more energy you have a little bit more self-confidence and it shows significantly so that that's another thing is that we want people to feel good about how they look and what we do is we can treat the face and neck and now I'm treating another lady's arms that get uh, those kind of saggy baggy arms and uh, so we have uh, the technology to do that, and that's something that we enjoy doing. It's, it's really significant fun. Now, how soon do you notice a difference in, in the way you look? Because that, that gives you a positive boost when that happens. Oh, absolutely. And there's no, there's no like wonder drug or overnight miracle cure. Don't believe anybody that tells you that. But th there's a process to go through this. You have to brighten and lighten the skin. You have to tighten the skin to help get rid of wrinkles. You have to remove aging spots. All these kind of things. And, and everybody needs it to various levels, often depending upon how many years, how many birthdays they've had, and how much sun damage they've had to their skin, uh, or maybe other scars that they've had. So there's uh, different layers and amounts uh, that we can treat and do with this. But it, it takes some time. You know, I'd, I'd probably say when you start the process, uh, it's about uh, two to three months. Two and to three months. Okay. Two to three months because it's not like you get one treatment and boom, all of a sudden you look 10 years younger. It just doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. But we can get there. And we get there through, uh, we have uh, home kits, take home kits, uh, vitamin C, retinol, uh, physician-grade concentrations of these things that make uh, the biggest effect. Chemical peels with the same. Um, of course, uh, everybody's heard of Botox to help get rid of mild uh, wrinkles temporarily uh, that are caused so by facial expression. And then we've got fillers to uh -huh. fill in the deep wrinkles. And then we've got intense pulse light and laser to get rid of the brown spots and the red veins and the spider-like veins and all that on your face. And then we've got, you know, the top one, the one that, you know, if you follow the Kardashians, the only one they'll do, which is the Morpheus 8 microneedling that has radio frequency energy to it. And this is the best one that's been shown for skin tightening. So through a combination of these, depending on what the patient wants to do, we can accomplish those, and we can be actually very successful at it. Here's a, a listener has just sent a text in to say that they have some of those brown spots on their arm and also some uh, around their neck. They've been there for a long time. They've just sort of gotten used to them. 
But uh, is it hard to get rid of them? Uh, Three treatments with the IPL, two to three weeks apart. That's why I said it takes a little bit of time. And uh, absolutely, yes. Uh, Just a really good technology. Uh, This intense pulse light will be absorbed by the melanosomes, which are little pockets of melanin granules inside the cells, which are called melanocytes, in our skin and dermis, and it will cause them actually to uh, break up, and then your skin will push out that cellular debris right out the surface of your skin, and it'll look like little spots of pepper coming out of your skin. But, uh, you know, um, I've, I've been following this for like 20 years, and for probably, I don't know, 15 of it, I wasn't very impressed by it. But the technology has improved some so that I actually had it done on my hands, the back of my hands. Now, the back of my hands used to have, you know, 50 years of sunlight damage from tennis and golf and fishing and, you know, being a kid and all those kind of things. And they really looked like old man hands. And and uh, so I was a little self-conscious of <laughs> it. I thought, boy, that looks like grandpa's hands. And uh, so I... I I said, you know what, I'm going to look into this because I want to help myself out some too. And I went to uh, another one of these seminars and uh, they invited me to go up to Boston to one of the leaders in the field and do a trial course. And while I was up there, I had them do my hands. And darn, if it didn't make all the brown spots go away. You're kidding. I was freaking amazed. Yeah. And I said, okay. It's and ready those... <laughs> now. I'm going to invest in this technology. And I just bought the best machine that they have for each of these different components to help your skin out. So you can do it in the office while the people are oh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all done in the office. You know, one of the benefits that we have, though, is being a physician on site is we can have higher quality, more potent, more effective treatments for it as opposed to going somewhere where they don't. And they're not allowed to have that. <clears throat> but... Uh, and, of course, you've got an MD who's performing the treatments and looking after you and making sure you don't have any complications. So, uh, you know, we, we enjoy doing it. I reserve Wednesday and Friday afternoons in my office for it, and usually one of those two days work out best for you. Whether you want to be looking good for the weekend, then you do it on Wednesday. Or if uh, you don't want anybody at work to know or something, then you do it on Friday and you just come back looking better. So uh, one of those two days of work, you know, we're very competitively priced. And uh, anyone interested in that, you know, please uh, make an appointment or something. Let us uh, do a consultation with you. And I think uh, you'll be impressed about what we can do for you. All righty. So those are some things that they are able to help you with right there at McCabe Vision Center. By the way, if you have any issues that are concerning you, uh, text us or call us this morning, all at 615-893-1450. Here's a person who just texted us, and they put this one word, and I'm not familiar with this word, but it may be something that they have. Trachoma? Is that, uh, are you familiar? Oh, yeah, that's... uh, that's, uh Similar to um, like a syphilis infection that affects the conjunctiva, the eyes can go uh, deeper 
Um, and but this what is, does it do? Uh, you know, it causes scarring on the surface, and it's uh, very prominent in uh, third world countries. Uh, so um, you can have uh, significant issues with that that often require a surgical approach to fix, although it's not that common uh, around here. And hopefully they're getting uh, good treatment for that because that can be a significant, even blinding uh, problem. So uh, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another thing. Uh, and by the way, you can ask questions about anything you want about ophthalmology or eyes. Maybe it's contacts, glasses, glaucoma, macular degeneration, diabetes, the best treatments for these things, or the best lens implants for cataract surgery. By the way, make sure you're having a thorough discussion with your surgeon about which lens implant is best for you because it affects your vision and the quality of your vision for the rest of your life. But two weekends ago, I went to a uh, ocular surface meeting about the front part of the eye in uh, Nashville, uh, right at the convention center there, and I uh, saw a doctor named Schaefer Sang, and he's out of Miami. And he's uh, the one that's responsible for now, and you may have heard this in many different subspecialties of medicine, but for using amniotic membrane to help uh, heal tissues in the body that are hard to heal. And they use this, uh, started out with eyes, but they use it in orthopedics, they use it in uh, urology and prostate surgery and, uh, you know, many different areas to help tissues heal with less inflammation more rapidly. Um, and what's neat about that, you know, the amniotic membrane, so let's define that first. That's if you take a woman's placenta after it's delivered and you take the side that faces the, uh, you know, the fetus, the baby, then you peel off that surface on that side that's called the amnion from the amniotic sac many people may have heard of that but it's full of these growth hormones and special healing extracellular matrix molecules that we don't get once we're born <clears throat> what's interesting is they can do fetal surgeries on babies in utero before they're delivered maybe they got heart defects or things like that and when the babies are delivered, they have no scar where they've opened up their chest. Isn't that amazing? That is. No scar. You talk to anybody that's had open heart bypass surgery, they got a huge scar on their chest. And the reason is because that fetal environment is full of these molecules that reduce inflammation and promote growth of tissue that they come out with no scar. But if you do the same surgery on the baby the next day after it's delivered it'll have that big scar for the rest of its life so that placental amniotic sac uh, is a special environment for growth and health and so they've isolated the components out of that and they put it in uh, tissues that are specially cryopreserved can't be freeze-dried gotta be cryopreserved to learn all these things and you can help people uh, with eye problems, they've got scarring on their eyes, they've got non-healing corneal ulcers, even dry eye problems. You know, let's talk about dry eye for just a minute. It's kind of a tangent here because a lot of people have that. Probably 60% of people listening right now have a dry eye issue. 
and I'll see people that have had a dry eye problem and I've treated them in the past and I haven't seen them for five years and they come back and they're having uh, problems again and they'll say, I'll say, why didn't you come back? You know, you're being treated for this chronic problem. And he says, she said, well, you know, it stopped bothering me. It stopped bothering me. And that doesn't mean that you don't still have the issue. It means that you can no longer sense that you do. You know, and what happens over time is this dry eye problem has caused damage to the corneal nerves for which we sense dry eye. And then we have a reflex where we blink to re-moisten our eyes. This is called neurotrophic keratitis. And it's something that um, I've decided to look into much greater to help my dry eye patients because we have a large dry eye practice. And it turns out that you don't feel your dry eye. You don't feel the pain. Now, you can notice the blurred vision still, but you don't notice the pain. And that's because you've lost most of the nerves that sense the pain to give you that reflex. So just because you don't notice anymore doesn't mean it's not there still present causing problems. And what's interesting is with this amniotic membrane, we can put that eye on the eye for a few days and it'll help nerves regrow. Help the nerves regrow into the cornea to increase your sensation, to increase the health of your cornea and help with your dry eye problems significantly. Now, when you treat someone with dry eye problem, and you, you mentioned that it gradually improves. Mm -hmm. uh, is that going to moisten their eye on a regular basis? And if they continue to see you for treatment, will this pretty well work for the rest of your life with continued uh, work on that? Yeah, yeah. A matter of fact, uh, the studies have shown that once you increase this nerve growth, getting back more towards normal, um, that uh, they have a great improvement in their function, not only in the wow. comfort, but also in their visual acuity. And so the they're not the having cornea. to put on uh, the, the wetness in their eyes again. You well, don't have you, to use the you drops. You blink more, which is a natural rewetting. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do it yourself as much. But using the eye drops does not increase the growth of these nerves into your cornea. So actually you're helping to regenerate the system the way it should be in your eyes as far as the moisture goes. You know, your eyes is the only open mucous membranes on your body that stay moist and that need to stay moist to function. So uh, this is very important that we keep the surface of the eye moist and as far as vision, comfort, redness of your eyes, all these kind of things. And we're continuing to learn more and more about it, but now we're also starting to have better treatments for it. So in previous broadcasts, you've talked about uh, persons wearing contact in lenses or having different uh, the, the implants, mm -hmm. uh, that it's important to have your eyes moistened. Mm -hmm. and, and you've said, we'll use the, uh, the, the tears, the teardrops, artificial teardrops, uh, tear duct uh, plugs. If there's a significant inflammation component, then anti-inflammatory eye drops as well. And then what you're saying though, now these are built, uh, the, your moistening is made by your body. It's natural. As oh, opposed oh, yeah. to it's something until, that you're buying. Yeah, when we're 60, we have 60% of the moisture in the surface of our eyes that we do when we're 20. And just like all the glands in our body, 
and everybody 60 and older be glad to attest to this, they just don't work as well. And, uh, you know, if they're moisture glad, you start to feel dryness in those areas. So it's a natural part of aging. But, you know, the way we've helped people live longer in our country is to fight these natural causes of aging. And I believe one of the greatest ones is inflammation, but that's a topic for another day. But with your eyes, it can uh, cause dry eye problems. So we have uh, good treatments for these. And what's even better is uh, your insurance, most of them, will help pay for this one. Oh, wow. So that's a big deal. So when they call and make an appointment, what is it they need to ask about? Well, and they may not know they have a dry eye problem. You know, it may be blurred vision, maybe red eyes, maybe... They can only wear their contacts for six hours instead of 12 or something. You know, so it, it just depends. Whatever the issue is, that's really the doctor's job to figure out and to give you the best treatment for. But you've got to, uh, you know, um, the Nike swoosh and their logo is uh, just do it. And my, my saying is just get out, get off the couch and start it. You know what I mean? To me, that's half the battle is actually starting to take care of something. And whatever that is in your life, until you actually make the effort to actually have some movement in that direction and actually start doing it, you can't get it done. So whatever problem you have, whether it be your eyes or over your body, you know, make the appointment. Just get up and start the beginnings of taking care of it, and it will happen over time. Just do it. Yeah. Makes sense. Dr. Craig McCabe, our guest this morning. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back and continue the questions. So if you have a thought that you want to share, 615-893-1450. We have a few more text messages that have come in. Great. And we'll go to those in just a little bit. There are places where people talk. And then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders, like our pastas and many other items, that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. We have a larger selection than any of the other big box stores. Much better prices. Uh, selection is wonderful from keyboards, drums, guitars, ukuleles are big this year. We also have lighting. This is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. Come down and look around. We have what you need. Music World and Drummer's Den is located at 2762 South Church Street, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Talk with the police chief, the mayor, and other local leaders about issues that concern you. The Action Line with Bart Walker, weekdays at 810 on WGNS. The Commissioner Corner with Commissioner Craig Harris. One of the most controversial topics in our country today is whether or not we should legalize marijuana, medically or recreational. Public opinion is shifting and gaining steam in the United States. 73% of people say it should be legal, and 9 out of 10 say it should be medically legal. 
I have personally been against legalization because of reasons that we will discuss later on. I have been against medical marijuana solely for the reason that once medical marijuana is passed, recreational soon follows. I do not fight the fact that marijuana has some medicinal properties, but it also causes some medical problems. As someone who does not trust the method of giving medical cards out from doctors, it is easy to get one as California is in an example. Should I trust doctors to safeguard this, like I did when they overprescribed opioids and caused an epidemic? No. Allowing medical marijuana makes it easier for people to get it, even if they don't have a real medical problem. Like I said, I am against legalization, but there are numerous studies that support legalization and the same who believe it shouldn't be legal. In the midst of the rush to legalize, defenders of pot legislation have made a variety of arguments, and as it turns out, many fall apart under close examination. There are too many to discuss, but let's look at some. Marijuana is harmless. This is perhaps the worst argument in favor of legalization. It is well-established fact that marijuana use causes significant negative health effects, particularly to mental health. Most epidemiologist studies provide strong evidence that cannabis use can increase the risk of psychotic disorders. It has a negative effect on learning, memory, and attention, among other things. The science is very clear. Marijuana is not harmless. Another one is marijuana legalization will increase tax revenue. Any tax revenue generated by legalization will be outweighed by its social costs, which are several times greater than its alleged benefits. In Colorado, where marijuana is legal, studies show that for every dollar tax revenue generated by tax, Colorado citizens paid $4.50 to mitigate social costs, stemming from health care, educational systems, impaired driving, and increased court costs, among other things. You don't believe me? Just look at alcohol. Its annual social costs are extended to be around $250 billion, which is 15 times greater than the amount collected through local, state, and federal taxes. Not exactly a moneymaker, now is it? Marijuana does not cause accidents. This one I struggle with. Another lesson that alcohol teaches us is that although driving under the influence is outlawed, too many people do it. The result is that thousands of people are injured or killed every year by drunk drivers. With legal marijuana, we will be adding thousands more to that list every year. Intoxicated driving is the same no matter what the substance is. A high driver is like a drunk driver and is liable to cause accidents. Those in favor of legalization contend that marijuana is not a gateway drug. This one I struggle with as well. Researchers disagree on whether marijuana is a gateway drug. The idea that marijuana use leads a person to use other more dangerous drugs like cocaine or heroin. However, there is limited evidence suggesting that using marijuana increased the risk of using other drugs. Over 85% of people addicted to cocaine and heroin have smoked cigarettes, drink alcohol, and smoked marijuana at a young age. Research has shown that like nicotine or alcohol, marijuana is easier to access and afford than other substances. So if someone is going to do them, they start with cannabis. Marijuana is not addictive. One of the biggest misconceptions about marijuana is that you can't get addicted to it. This stems from the fact that it is much less addictive than heroin, meth, or crack. This does not mean, however, that you cannot develop a habit when smoking pot. Thousands of people every year seek treatment. It is easy to be misled by the lax attitude towards marijuana. 
A lot of people use it recreational and are able to keep it that way. But before you know it, that partying becomes addiction and you can't relax without your drug of choice. Given the choice between cocaine, alcohol, and marijuana, cannabis is the hardest to let go. Another conception, young people are not harmed by marijuana. You say marijuana is being made legal for adults only, not for teens. Of course, there is no such thing as underage drinking, correct? Alcohol is supposed to be for adults only, but around 10% of drinking in this country is done by people under the age of 21. Based on alcohol example, we can expect the same will happen with legal pot. Marijuana is particularly bad for young people with brains that are still in development. Studies have shown that teens who smoke pot regularly have lower IQs than their peers. They perform worse academically, miss more days of school, and are less likely to participate in extracurricular activities. They simply do not have the same abilities to remember and organize information compared to non-users. I can go on and on, and many will call me crazy, but studies show the opposite. So ask yourself a key question. Is legalizing marijuana going to make this a better country or a worse one? There is reason pot was made illegal in the first place, and quite frankly, the only reason alcohol and cigarettes are legal is because they're so deeply ingrained in our society we can't get rid of them. Do we want to let another genie out of the bottle and make it a lot harder to put it back? Agree with me or disagree, this is your right, and this is what makes this country truly great. We can all have different opinions. This is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner Corner. For the Commissioner Corner, that was County Commissioner Craig Harris. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's ccotinc at comcast.net. I happened to glance up, and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS AM FM online. Dry eyes. We're going to continue that conversation. Dr. Craig McCabe, the eye doctor, is with us this morning from McCabe Vision Center. Dry eyes. I think you've opened a... a some Pandora's box or something. We <laughs> suddenly got a lot of interest going in dry eyes. Uh, here's a person who says that they have this all year long, but uh, it's it's just really becoming a problem with them. Oh, it's a it's a chron- it's one of those chronic conditions, and it's not like you ever really totally get over it. For most people, it requires continued care. Now, maybe you just have a mild case, and so maybe you just need. Uh, supplementation with artificial teardrops that are over the counter. Maybe, you know, you put a drop in and it only lasts a few minutes, so then that's not doing you much good for very long, is it? Then you need something that'll help moisten your eyes for longer. And the best uh, treatment for that, if your eye is not severely inflamed, is just to provide more moisture with uh, these tear duct plugs that we use. And just about everybody that gets the tear duct plugs in my office will swear by them and say they've really made a big improvement in their eyes. They're little bitty tiny things that go in the little nose corners of your eyelids that block the drainage hole called the tear duct, hence the name tear duct plug, like putting a plug in the bathtub drain, keeps the water in. Same thing with your eyes, and then you have more moisture. 
Um, then it can go further where you need to have inflammatory uh, treating eye drops such as uh, you may have heard of Restasis or Zydra or even prednisolone. Um, and then maybe it's gone on for a while where you don't know you have the dry eye like we spoke of earlier, but your eyes are very dry. You say, I don't got a dry eye. My eyes feel fine. Well, you just don't know it because you've lost the nerves that sense the dryness. And that's the neurotrophic keratitis, uh, which is then best treated with the amniotic membrane. So there are um, a spectrum to this, like there is to most diseases. And it just depends upon where you fall, how it's best to treat it. Uh, but I'll, I think you'll be hearing more about the amniotic membrane. There's more studies now going on about it, how uh, it'll actually start to get moved up earlier in our treatment algorithm because it has significant effects that most of the other treatments we have do not cause, uh, do not, uh, cause to be improved. And it causes red eyes. And you know, there's lots of things that cause red eyes. There's uh, allergies cause red eyes. Dry eyes causes red eyes to even something that's much less common, like the trachoma that was first mentioned in the beginning of the broadcast. And that's, that's you know, that trachoma is caused by a bacteria, chlamydia trachomatis, and you'll get a pussy discharge. It'll be different than a dry eye, which is just, or allergies, which is kind of teary, watery. But that trachoma is the number one cause of blindness in the world because it causes scarring on the inside of the eyelids. And then every time you blink, it rubs on the surface of your cornea to eventually get scarring there and inflammation caused by it. And it can be treated with antibiotics, not artificial teardrops. So you have to know what the red eye is caused from, or you may have symptoms of intermittently poor vision, or you may uh, have symptoms that your eyes just itch like crazy and you want to scratch the heck out of them. That's typically allergies. You may have pink eye. This and we certainly a, have allergies. Yeah, you may right have pink now. eye, which is not caused by a bacteria. It's not caused by uh, dryness. It's caused by a viral infection, adenovirus. So then you need a antiviral, not an antibiotic. But 95% of the time, antibiotics are prescribed. So you've got to go where you can separate that. For example, we've got a rapid adenoviral test that we do in the office. It takes 10 minutes, and then we can tell you. Again, covered by your insurance. So there's all these different things to treat a simple symptom like red eyes that may be caused by a variety of different etiologies, and you won't get better unless you're treating it the right way. Here's a, a question, and this totally back into the skin issues. Mm -hmm. This person's asking about moles on your skin. What do you have that you can treat the moles on your skin? If they're, if they're uh, little moles, uh, we can do that with the IPL. If they're a little bit larger, you know, the best way is to just have them easily snipped out, removed. Uh, and if you've got any kind of history of uh, melanoma or skin cancers or things like that, you need to get those things checked out. But uh, you simply want to get rid of some of those on your skin. That's not a problem. That's easy. That's two weeks. It's all better. 
you know, if it's a smaller one, if it's a larger one, it may take three to four weeks to totally heal up. But then it's gone. You had mentioned once earlier that looking into your eyes, you can see diseases and things that are before other physicians see them. Uh, is, Is this one of the things, if they have a mole problem, which might even be cancerous. Uh, if you do an eye exam, would, would that enable you to see what's happening in their body? Yeah, anytime you have a clumping of these pigmented cells called melanocytes, that again we spoke to earlier, we're calling back a lot today, but anytime you have, you have a congregation of those, so to speak, in an area, and you have those in the back of your eyes, you have those on the back of your iris. It's what gives your eyes their color, you know, whether it be blue, green, or brown. Brown, of course, is the heaviest density of the melanocytes. So you can have them in your retina, and you it's a rare case, you know, one out of uh, 100,000 or more, but you can get a melanoma in the back of your retina in your eye. And once again, you've got no clue about it. You don't know. So an eye exam once in a while, even if you have no problems at all, don't need glasses at all, is still a good thing to get. And it's a good investment in the future of your vision. And you know, 90% of all the information your brain receives comes through your eyes. The rest of your senses all fight for the other 10. But this is by far the most important input, if you will, to your brain. So whether it affects your balance, keeps you from falling, or just helps you perform well at sports or at your occupation. You know, your your eyes, I think most people would say, is the most important thing. You can lose your legs and still have a pretty high quality of life of doing things. And we have things to replace those, but we don't have anything to replace your eyes or to give you that vision back. So everybody, you know, get an eye exam once in a while if you've got no problems. But if you do have problems or you've got a family history of eye problems, then absolutely get one frequently. And here's a, another question they're asking this person saying, is dry eye possibly a precursor to dry macular degeneration? So that's a good question. They both got dry in them, don't they? But they have absolutely nothing to do for each other. Thank goodness, because 60% of my patients or more have dry eyes. It would be terrible if 60% of patients had macular degeneration. Although the stats show that 10% of those over 50 and a much higher component, one out of three people, not one out of 10, but one out of three, 75 years and older, have a macular degeneration in their eyes. And then 10% of those will go on to develop the wet form, which is the blinding worse form. Uh, so, yeah, you can treat those things early. It's much harder to treat it later. And that's, again, how a dilated, thorough eye exam, not a quick one where you're just getting glasses or contacts or something, but, you know, a medical one, that will do a world of good for you if you are starting to develop something. Now, with macular degeneration, are there some new uh, findings on that that make it uh good news for some of the people who are getting it. Wow. You know, um, I wish I had some better news for it. I know that uh, sometime coming out in the next quarter or two, we're supposed to have a drug treatment for the dry form of macular degeneration, which we have not had. And if you do have the dry form of macular degeneration, 
you probably should be taking the AREDS2 formula macular degeneration vitamins with a multiple vitamin, and you should be following the Mediterranean diet. Those are the two things in the world that have shown to help slow down that progression from the dry to the wet form. So that's definitely something that you should be doing. As far as the wet form, right now all we have are the injections of medications into your eye every four weeks or so to begin with. So uh, these do become one of the most important, functionally, medically important diseases in our whole body as we get older. So, uh, you know, a stitch in time saves nine ounce prevention's worth a pound of cure, like I always say on the show, you know, and it's much harder to treat the disease when the horse is out of the barn. There, I think I threw in all the colloquialisms. But, you know, so get things treated early and you'll retain function better and longer. So you can help them with that. You can help them walk their way through uh, even saying, well, here's the Mediterranean diet. Here's what you need to be doing. Here are mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, vitamins. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need. You right. So there we're in the or- early form. Remember, we talked about how there's a spectrum or a bell curve to it. And then you can get to the wet form, which is uh, where we use the injections as well as the vitamins and such. And then there either may be later of the dry form or later of the wet form. And then you need special visual aids that are magnifiers, both for distance and up close, to help you see as good as you can and help you to retain some of that function in your life uh, to get back what you've lost, where regular glasses and bifocals are not enough. Okay. So help is available, but... The sooner you take advantage of that, the better Mm -hmm. you will be. Absolutely, as with almost every disease that we can acquire. Very good. So this person who's asking us about uh, this uh, dry eye problem as a precursor, uh, don't worry about that, but just go see the doctor about some of these other issues. Well, Bart, you can't say that. People get macular degeneration. They worry about this as their number one worry that they have in their life. This is a big deal when you start to lose your vision. Fun, for, you know, Fortunately, Bart, you and many others have excellent vision, but there's a lot of people in our county that it's getting worse as they get older, and this is one of the causes. So uh, just make sure that you get good, thorough eye exams, and uh, your doctor will take care of those things. And if you have a question or you can't seem to get better, there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion from another specialist somewhere else. Let me ask you this, because this just hit me as we were talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are my eye doctor. You are the one who put in, uh, you did the surgery to put in the the, the lenses. How long ago was that, Bart? Gee, probably... 10 or more years. I think it's over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead. And they still work. Yeah. Uh, What I'm wondering is, if I were to get macular degeneration somewhere down the road, Mm -hmm. would the regular uh, (coughs) visits to your office, would you detect them in time to do something about it? You would at our office, Bart, because as you know, Once a year, when you come in, we dilate your eyes, and you get exactly that. You get that thorough medical eye exam. And, of course, we have the equipment that takes pictures and actually looks into the deeper layers of your retina that I can't see. So we get a a much better 
understanding of your eyes, how they're functioning, and what we can do to help you. But you know what? You're a good patient, Bart. Bart's a good patient, everybody out there. He comes in <laughs> for his annual <laughs> eye appointment. I guess he hears it enough here every month, but uh, he does the right things. Oh, I enjoy seeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, Bart here has got multiple monitors that he looks at every time, you know, besides just his microphone. He's got his board that's got more you know, dials and needles on it like somebody mixing a hip-hop song or something in a studio. So his vision is very important to his, and most people are to theirs, but they do different things. But, of course, your eyes are very important. Well, you mentioned also about people looking at computer screens. We look at the little telephones even more than the computer screens. Yeah, so let's call them video display screens. Because okay. that actually is your phone, it's your tablet, it's your, your computer monitor, it's your TV at home. It, uh, it may be the dashboard of your cars now that they're oh, becoming yeah. more electronic. Yeah. Everything is becoming video display screens. Yeah, so, yes, you now let's do another thing here. Studies have been done. And people gardening and doing other things and then people watching video display screens. The ones watching the video display screens have a blink rate of one half of what people not looking at video display screens are. And what does blinking do? Remoisturizes our eyes. So those people that are on the computer or watching TV or on their phone or on their tablets all the time, they most likely have a dry eye problem just because they don't blink as much, so the eyes open longer, there's greater evaporation of the tear film, and certainly, you know, being on them for a few hours or by the end of the day, they're rubbing their eyes and they're red and they're a little blurry and they're not as comfortable, and they're having a dry eye problem. You know what I tell people is like, your eyes are doing pretty well when you haven't had much problems with them to begin with and you don't notice any problems. You just don't even think about your eyes then you're doing pretty well unless you have one of these <laughs> diseases that you can't feel but but that would be a long-term dry eye problem or something in the back of your eye you can't feel you can't feel when you got glaucoma in your eyes you know for 95 percent of people so you have to have these things checked they can only be checked if you make the appointment and you go in and have a medical eye exam now here's the, the same person followed up and they said, I know I have cataracts, but not ready yet. Could this still be the problem with the dry eyes? Now, do cataracts and dry eyes, are they <clears throat> combined? Well, let's say that they're not connected pathologically, anatomically, but they are correlated chronologically so that older people get cataracts, older people get dry eyes due to different reasons. The cataract, the lens in your eye, continues to grow throughout your life in a confined space. So it can't get bigger, it gets denser. And as it gets denser, light doesn't go through it, it scatters. That's what causes people with cataracts to have halos and glare from oncoming car headlights because their pupils dilate at nighttime and the light scatters and that causes the halos and glares. So yes, they happen around the same time, but they're not related to each other pathologically. They've replied again, my eyes get fuzzy sometimes. Also, some things are hard to see at night while driving. And lastly, my eyes 
uh, water up sometimes. Yeah, so cataracts don't cause watering, and they don't cause intermittent blurred vision. That's due to dry eyes, most likely. But glaring halos at night and overall poor vision most of the time, especially in the evening, that's probably cataracts. You need to go see the doctor. He can help you out on that. That's right. Go see your doctor. We can take care of you. Now, where is McCabe Vision Center? Well, wonderful that you asked, Bart. It's right down uh, uh, Memorial off of Heritage Park Drive, which is one light from Northfield. Most people know where Northfield and Memorial are. There's 24-hour Walgreens there. And one light up uh, just off the corner there is McCabe Vision Center. We'd love to see you all and help you with your eyes, make you see and feel uh, as best as you can. Dr. Craig McCabe, the eye doctor, visiting with us this morning from McCabe Vision Center. Craig, thanks for joining us. Thanks out there. Thanks for the wonderful questions. If you have any, write them down and we'll do them again next month, the second Monday of the month.